I would like for you to turn your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 13, for just a moment. What a beautiful service. Brother Sean, uh, you did a great job with uh, the presentation of the, the flags and, and uh, the choir. Just a good job. Don't you, don't you think you did a good job of that? Amen. Good night. Yeah, that's good night, Sean. Since I don't pay him much, every once in a while it'd be good to shoot, clap hands for him, you know, and thank you, praise him. All right. In your Bible, the book of Romans, chapter number 13, let me read you a verse, maybe, and kind of help you a little bit today. That great apostle, the veteran of the faith, the one who could teach us all a little bit about being a soldier for Jesus Christ. Pen for us today these words in verse number seven. Render therefore to all their dues. Tribune to whom tribune is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. If any one among us deserves any honor, it's got to be the veterans who signed and said, I'll give the ultimate for my country. Amen. You folks who are veterans today are to be honored and we'd like to thank you. Dwight D. Eisenhower received a note from a little eight-year-old boy by the name of Keith Adkin. And in the note he said, after listening to the news about the Cold War, I'm worried about the people in the world. And thinking it over, this eight-year-old boy suggested to President Eisenhower that it'd be a good idea for all the leaders who wants war to get together, get in the ring, and fight it out. I think every veteran here would agree that would probably be a better way of settling all the world's ills. You think about it. General Sherman, Sherman once said, war is hell. But as I read my Bible, I must think differently. The Bible describes war as hellish, but there's nothing on this world that can compare to hell. Hell, worldly wars are hellish. And may I say to you today, that all the wars that we can think of, and I think of you men who endured the chilly cold of Korea. I think of friends who spoke with me concerning the muggy jungles of Vietnam. And many here have experienced the dry desert arid lands of Afghanistan, Iraq, 
and the mountainous terrain of the Middle East. We could think about all the hellish things that you've gone through and read about and experienced. But I suppose probably the most hellish war that we've ever experienced is World War II. Just a few facts about that war. 61 countries. 61 countries. 1.7 billion people were involved in the hellish war we term as World War II. Hellish. One trillion dollars spent. Today, that's nothing. Our potential presidents are going to spend 51 times that much with Medicare. 55 million people died in the hellish war of World War II. 55 million. That's not counting the five to six million Jews that died in the Holocaust. Hellish wars. 25 million service people died. 30 million civilians died in the war that we call the War of Wars. And even in the light of that, you who are here today that are veterans, you signed up to protect our freedom, protect our liberty, so that we could salute our flag and reverence the God of this nation. Could I please, with all that this winded me, thank you for going and willing to fight for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you and your family today. We'd like to honor you. Now that little envelope that we gave you has nothing in it. But my mom always said the thought is what's important. (laughs) Amen. I want you to know that my wife and I, She walked on one side of the road. I walked on the other and walked all the way to Waco picking up beer cans (laughs) to show you guys how much we love you and give you that huge certificate. Thank you, veterans. Thank you from my heart. And as a representative of this church, thank you from our church's heart. I... I cannot imagine what you, some of you went through for me. And just so thank you so very much. Today our service is to honor you. But if you would please allow me to talk about another veteran. A veteran that I think we should all cherish. 
I'd like to talk to you today for just a few moments about a Christian veteran. How important it is. And look at the, what's required to be a Christian veteran. You say, preacher, what, from what experience do you speak? 53 years. I signed up 53 years ago. For better, for worse. <laughs> for richer or poor. I'm not talking about that one over there. I'm talking about that one up there. You see, when I signed up, I didn't sign up for just Sunday. I signed up for every day of the week. And we, we ought to honor our military veterans. But God has called us who are saved into an army. Some of us misunderstand what it is to sign up. Remember back when uh, the Gulf War started, some of the folks who signed up for, uh, I think, uh, service said they didn't sign up to go to war. They signed up to get an education. <laughs> kind of sound like the church, don't it? Sound like Christian veterans, don't it? Let me read for you just a couple of verses out of 2 Timothy chapter number 2, please. You say, are you going to make me mad? No, I'm not going to make you mad. I'm going to make you so glad you'll buy my lunch after service. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, the great warrior of the faith, the great veteran of the faith, the author of 14 books of the Bible, the man who turned the world upside down for Christ without a telephone, without a radio in his hand, he writes to you and I in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, speaking to Timothy, his son in the faith, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now here it is. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangling himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Our father today in these very few moments. Please allow me to show the from the word of God, the importance, the need, the urgency of being godly veterans for Christ in this army, in this war we wage with the evil one, the devil, the deceiver, the slewfoot, the liar. And Lord, we are in a war. We are in a battle. And I pray that we would enlist today to be victorious in this battle in which we fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Three things I want to leave with you. I'm going to give them to you. That way I don't cover them. You'll get them all. To be a good, true veteran of our Lord Jesus, we must obey the commander. 
To be a true veteran of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must engage the enemy. God did not save us to sit. God did not call us, die for us, that we might sit and criticize everybody who's doing the fighting. If you want to win the battle, you want to be what God wants you to be, you want to be what your family needs you to be, you need, number one, to obey the commander. Number two, engage the enemy. And lastly, you must fight till the end. Amen. Amen. I wish I had time to cover all that because the way you look, you need it. (laughs) Smile now. It'll be better for you if you just smile a little bit. The first thing I think to be a true veteran of our Lord, you must obey the commander. The Lord Jesus, in verse number three, the Bible says, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of whom? We are in an army and the commander is Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? I said, do you understand that? The Bible says that he has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head of all things to the church. Our duty today is simply obey. Do you understand that? It does not take a rocket scientist to know what God wants you to do. He wants you to obey. You understand that? Shortly after joining the Navy, A young man went to his instructor and asked for permission to take a leave because of a wedding. And he said that he could have the leave and the drill instructor said, the only thing is you need to be back by 7 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And the recruit looked at the drill instructor and said, Well, sir, evidently you don't understand. I am in the wedding. The drill instructor looked at him and said, Young man, you don't understand. You are in the Navy. (laughs) What excuse are you using? Don't try to do everything else until you learn to obey. Too bad you got ball practice and too bad you got this and that. Too bad you got this and too bad you got that. Hey, you are in the Lord's army. And the simple thing that he wants all of us to do is to obey. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Does anybody understand that? If you love me, keep my commandments. The man who wrote, uh, um, uh, just as I am, the man who wrote uh, Amazing Grace, he said this, and I understand it very, very clearly. 
if two angels in heaven were summoned to the throne of God and one given the instructions to go and rule over the greatest kingdom in all the world and the other angel was asked, take this broom and sweep out the dirtiest city in the world. Newton said that there would be no griping or complaining about which angel got which duty. It would just be a matter of doing what God told them to do. Why is it that we get hung up on which job we got when it's all to bring glory to God in the highest. It's not a matter of who does this. It's a matter of are we doing what God wants us to do. Is there anybody here? So to be the right kind of veteran for our Lord, it merely means that we just simply obey our commander. Some of you men ought to be used to that if you're married. <laughs> you're supposed to laugh. That's supposed to have been funny. <laughs> Is there anybody here? Please, please don't get mad at me. I, I'm too old to run and too old to fight. I just have to. Secondly, I think after we have obeyed, I think we ought to engage the enemy. Not sit around and wait for him to get mad. We ought, to, we ought to storm hell and bring sinners out of the burden. See, the Bible said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to learn to engage the enemy. I was reading recently about in Spokane, Washington, I think, or someplace in Washington, an 18-year-old kid stole a cop car. And he was joyriding all over town. <laughs> and he was riding all over town. And a bicycle cop recognized that this kid's got this car. And he got on the radio and called the headquarters. And pretty soon every cop car in all of the town was looking for this teenager who's having a joyride in the cop car. Well, they found the little sucker and through the town they go. One cop car on his tail. I mean, they are trying to catch him. And this kid in the cop car lost the pursuing police car. And the pursuing police car just didn't know where he went. So they stopped at a sign, stop sign to let some cars by. Another cop car coming down the road thought the cop car who had stopped at the sign was the cop car with the joyride and he hit the back, wham, hit the back of the car. And for that whole sight cleared up, there'd been 25 rounds shot at each other. <laughs> kind of reminds you of a church, don't it? We're shooting each other instead of shooting at the devil. We're not to engage one another. So one of you don't comb your hair like mine. I can't help it if some don't have it, I have any hair. But I'm not going to get mad at Sean because his head's slicker than mine. Why in the world don't we just 
concentrate on engaging the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And we just need to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that the battle is against the devil and not each other. Now, I don't look at, but I can remember when Joe Lewis was heavyweight champion of the world. Does anybody here remember that? Raise your hand. Billy? Yeah, but Billy, everybody ain't as old as you are. You don't remember Joe Lewis. I read about it. <laughs> they call him the Brown Bomber. I remember the night he fought, as, I mean, uh, fought for the heavyweight champion. He fought the German boy. Uh, his own tip of my tongue, but I'll forget after a while. You don't really care anyhow. But he knocked everybody out. I mean, bam, bam, everybody got in the ring. And, and in the early rounds, he, he, he just knocked them out. Knocked, I mean, just, and somebody asked him, said, Mr. Lewis, would you tell us why that you've been so successful in 25 fights to be able in the early rounds to knock your opponent out. He never thought about that. And he thought a little while. And he said, well, I think maybe I have two reasons for my success in winning so many fights. And he thought about it and he said, now, first of all, I study my opponent until I know him better than he knows himself. And secondly, I make a plan of attack. Now my question to you, what is your plan of attack? And you ought to know more about the devil than he knows about himself. And you'll get that out of the book, not watching what Hollywood's pumping into your living room. If you want to be a victorious Christian and you want to be a veteran that'll bring honor to God, you need to know your enemy better than he knows himself. We are not to be ignorant of his devices. We ought to recognize him as a roaring lion, roaming about seeking whom he may devour. What kind of tactics has he got to get your kid's mind? What is he using to keep you out of the book reading something else? As a roaring, roaring lion He's not in the mauling business. He's in the destroying business. What is he using right today to keep your kid out of church 20 years from now? What's he trading? Your kid. What's he trading for the Bible in your kid's life. You say, my kid's catching a football. Well, when you get my age, you don't care if there even be a football. 
You can't catch it. You can't bounce it. You can't eat it. And you certainly can't take it to heaven with you. Do you know what he's using on you? To tear your family up? To one day visit your kid in a jail cell? Do we know our opponent? Have we studied him? Oh, I, we Baptist folk, we, we're such crazy folk, are we not? I'm not talking about you folk that ain't a Baptist. I'm talking to us. Old Baptist fellow used to attend prayer meeting every Wednesday night. And they'd pray and he'd always close his prayer out and dear Lord, please clean out the spider webs in my life. Every week for weeks he'd pray that prayer. Finally one Wednesday night at prayer meeting, he began to pray and he closed his prayer out and said, dear God, clean those spider webs out of my life. Some old man stood up and said, Dear God, don't do it. Kill the spider. <laughs> we tired of sweeping cotton webs. We need to take care of the devil. He's the one that's putting all this trash in our hearts and in our mind. Dear God, cobwebs is not what's causing the problem. It's the spider that needs to die. Get the devil out of your mind and get the trash out of your mind. And if we're going to win this battle, we got to bring out the big guns, the gun of prayer, the gun of soul winning, the gun of Bible reading, the Bible of living for God, and yes, even tithing. You need to learn to engage the enemy. Now, I never was tough. But I was always the first one on the block. Kids used to say, knock this chip off my shoulder. My aim was always bad. <laughs> Somebody said, preacher, when you were in the games, did you fight fair? Are you kidding? They ain't nothing about fighting fair. Whatever you got, use it. Yes, yes, Lord, you know what I mean. You think I'm going to fight the devil fair? You think I'm going to stand back and say, okay, let me and you start on equal ground. No, sir, buddy. I am in the engaging business. Offense is my plea. Somebody said defense wins a good battle. What if he who is running defense don't know the offense is around the block? Do you know your enemy? Are you ready to engage? I've been around the Baptist church so long. We used to believe in charge. Now we believe in retreats. We've got so many retreats, bless God, we don't know how to charge. 
Well, I'm going to go to retreat and learn how to read my Bible. I'm going to go to the retreat, learn to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Go into the Bible. Oh, shut up and start charging. Quit retreating. Engage the enemy. Amen. Obey the commander. Fight till the end. Just fight till the end. Somebody said, when are you going to retire, preacher? I ain't going to retire. You say, are you doing this for the money? I was doing it before you had any money. In fact, I came here when there wasn't no money. Are you listening to me? See, I was serving before there was any money to serve with. See, my wife and I hauled firewood and paid our salary to start this church. Yes, we did. And we put the money in the church to pay the church bills. Yes, we did. And you say, well, preacher, when are you going to retire? Shut up! I ain't going to. Why do you think this is here? It's to keep me from retiring. Right, Billy? Fight, bless God, to the end. Hmm? Young recruit turned his nose up at mess. Went to eat. And he told the mess captain or sergeant what it was. I don't like this food. Do I have a choice? He said, sure. Take it or leave it. It's the kind of choice God gives you. You can take him or leave him. But I'll guarantee one day you'll be regret you leaving it. Huh? God told, called us to fight in this war, not to shred and com- complain. Now, I'm going to close in a few minutes. The following, years ago, I loved to watch boxing. I really did. In fact, I almost got kicked out of the first church I pastored because Andrew's older brother wanted to box. So I took him down to Panthers Boys Club and he boxed for the Panthers Boys Club right downtown Fort Worth. And they thought that was terrible. Preacher's kid fighting. Well, he was fighting out in the front yard with the other boys. Why didn't he let him go down and fight with boxing gloves on? I was preaching one night and one boy run down the aisle and blood all over his face. And I said, what happened? He said, Gene Jr., hit me in the mouth. I said, well, praise God, let's go on another sermon next week. <laughs> I used to love boxing. I, I really did. I, I followed, I, I, I'm old enough to remember the old Gillette Friday night fights. Now, you got to be old to remember that. Look sharp, be sharp, feel sharp, all that kind of stuff. And I, I used to watch them every Friday night. I followed all the fighters, all the fighters. Muhammad Ali, I, I, I watched him when his name was Cassius Clay. Just a little bitty skinny boy from Kentucky and just a buzzsaw of a fighter and I used to follow him. I read a lot about boxing, a lot, a lot about fighting. One of my favorites was a fellow by the name of General Jim Corbett. General Jim Corbett, heavyweight champion at the turn of the 19th century. He said, The key to winning. Now listen, you don't get anything else. The key to winning is 
fight one more round. He said, when your feet are so weary, you've got to shuffle with your feet to find the stool in the corner. Fight one more round. He said, when your nose is bleeding and your eyes are black and you're so weary, you'd give anything in the world if your opponent would hit you with one lick in the jaw and put you to sleep. Fight one more round. When your arms are so weary, you cannot raise them to defend yourself. Fight one more round. And when your legs are so weak, you don't feel you could walk to the center ring. He said, fight one more round. Because he who fights one more round never loses a fight. Fight till the end. Just get up and fight one more round. When the doctor says, it's useless, it's hopeless, you're not going to make it, get up and fight one more round. When your wife looks at you and asks you, is that your nose or are you eating a banana? Get up and fight one more round. When the kids seem to make you want to climb the walls and you want to shoot them, don't shoot them. Just fight one more round. We must obey the commander. We must engage the enemy. And whatever you do, fight one more round. God bless the United States of America. And God bless you veterans who enlisted to keep me free and keep this pulpit free that I can preach the word of God without compromise and without favor. And God bless the veterans of Joshua Baptist Church who has built the buildings, who has honored the offering plate each week as it goes by. Who has knocked doors, who has prayed prayers, who's washed buses and visited homeless little kids. God bless the veterans of Joshua Baptist Church. Amen.